listen to the brand new season of the Voice of Survival podcast every other Friday right here on the Journey into Comics Network at journeyintocomics.com. Following, following the following the journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. What's up, everybody? You're listening to Podcastrophy. You can find us by searching Podcastrophy on all of your favorite podcasting platforms like Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and more. You can also find us at journeyintocomics.com. We drop a new episode every single Thursday. Be sure to subscribe to Podcastrophy to get the show and exclusive content. We record each episode live every Tuesday around 5.30 Eastern Standard Time, and you can watch that on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Just follow Podcastrophy on any of those platforms, and be sure to chat with us. Also, be sure to check out the Journey into Comics Network and all of its amazing shows. Now, on with the show! What's up, ladies and gentlemen? This is Papa T, T-Y, coming at you fast and awkward. Not regularly, just intermittently. This was originally supposed to be a solo episode on this Sunday. This is the uh, rest, relax, and recuperate day of this week. Not R&R. We've got three of them this time. Um... But I had this this wily idea that to bring in the father of pods, Mr. Nate Phillips himself. How are you doing? I'm so glad to be here. This is fucking awesome. I'm sick. I mean, let me rephrase that. I'm getting over being sick as fuck. I'm honestly terrified how my voice is going to come off. I probably sound awful. Well, but, as far uh, as far as what I can hear, you sound pretty good on my end, considering Ooh, that you're I, sick and miserable, and you know I I can tell that you're not as bright eyed and bushy tailed as you normally are. So I think you sound all right. It's crazy because on Wednesday of last week I was sitting there and Sarah had a meeting, 
and I had a little bit of time to kill, and I was like, I'm going to fucking, you know, spend my morning wisely. I'll, like, clean the house and shit, you know, do something productive. Right. I sat down five minutes after Sarah left, and all of a sudden my nose just, like, all of a sudden got the most congested I've ever felt, and I was like, that's not, that's not right. Like, what What the fuck is this, man? Like, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, okay, it's it's just a little congestion. Like, I can deal with it. I don't need to bitch about it. I don't need to be a whiny bitch about it. Let's just move on with our life. Two minutes after that, I'm sneezing uncontrollably for the next 45 minutes without break, dude. <laughs> Barely being able to even catch my breath, it's so bad. And I'm like, what the fuck? It just hit so, you all at once. It did, man, and it was like, okay, well... We're here, like, fall is here. You know, at that point in time, it was the rumor we were going to get snow on fucking uh, Halloween, which, spoiler alert, happened and shit. Oh, yeah, it happened Uh, down here, too. I was pretty pissed. Very, very bizarre year for for the season, but all in all, it was, you know... I guess a blessing in disguise because I was sick as fuck. Thursday rolls around. I've got everything is like moved to my chest, so I'm like just coughing up massive loads of phlegm. It's insane. I'm just like, what the fuck are these chunks coming out of my body? Like, are there little aliens planting eggs inside of me? What the shit? This shit's not supposed to be here. No, it's not. <laughs> it's green colored, and I'm a little bit confused and concerned. And is that a part of my esophagus? Like, what the esophagus. fuck? <laughs> You know, like, oh, shit, that's bad. Mom, Mama, I coughed up my medulla. <laughs> my sloppy juice is gone. Oh, shit. So, yeah, so, because you, you and I had plans um, to do kind of a, a pseudo rendezvous Wednesday evening um, with, with, to get some of the plans that you and I have in motion for, for the first of the year. And I messaged you at the end of the day. I had an awful day at work, so I wasn't feeling super great either. And, you know, I was outside most of the day, and it snowed, so I was pissed off. Because I, I, I'm i in a weird weird time in my life. Because, like, as a, as a kid and a teenager, I loved... I loved the seasons. I loved to be outside when it was cold. You know, I've been an avid hunter my whole life, so the cold has never really bothered me. And then... You know, once I became an adult where I wasn't working outside in the construction trade anymore, I was in kind of in between. Um, I got trapped outside on a day where it was like 40 below here in Lafayette. And my my body has never recovered from how cold I got that day. And, you know, I just hate the snow anymore. And I was outside working on Wednesday you know, and I felt the temperature drop and it started to fucking snow, you know, because in the morning it was raining here. I don't, I don't know how it was uh, up, up your way, but it was like raining and it was misty and just shitty. We're and, talking Thursday? Well, Wednesday first. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, you know, towards the afternoon it started to snow here in Lafayette. And then Thursday morning I get up to go to work and it's 19 degrees. You know, that's, there are very few ways that are quicker to put me in a bad mood than me waking up in the dark and it being 19 degrees. So. Oh, it's like, we're here, we've arrived. Yeah. We're officially at that point in the year where, you know what, like, pe- like I already, like, sympathize with folks who who just, like, live with normal-ass depression. 
but then to couple normal depression with getting that additional boost of like seasonal depression. Oh, it, it hits me really hard. I'm I I am on edge from the end of October, which I shouldn't be, you know, because the end of end of October should be like happy time for me. My birthday was last week. I'm you know I'm 28 year old. I can't even talk. I'm so old. 28 years old now. Um. You know, Ruby and Skylar's birthdays just a couple days before Thanksgiving, and I love Thanksgiving. Um, but between the seasons and the weather and the fucking holidays, you know, Dave and I talked about it on the show a couple weeks ago. It's it's just nothing but stress, man, and it's miserable. Well, it's misery because you're okay. So to to like fully diagnose how fall kills people, it's like. The cold weather just chills you to your core. You're forced to stay inside more. You're not, like, willing to be active as much. Anything going out to do anything. Like, even, like, I love playing music, man. You know, it's like my fucking joy in this world. Like, there's no no greater joy or happiness for me than to to share the stage with Sarah and V and and to experience that shit. So, like, when even I'm like, oh, Fuck! I don't want to get out in this. I don't want to start our drive when it's dark out. You know, right? Like I enjoy in the summer when we have shows because it's like daylight and shit when we start and we drive until seven or eight o'clock and it's still fucking daylight. You know, right? Uh, but here it's like okay, and you're you know drenched in eternal darkness, and you just have to live with it. And like, oh man. Fuck well, it. you know, it, it's funny now that I'm an adult and like, you know. Like, spending the last basically seven years trying to get my mental health in check and trying to maintain my physical health and everything else. Like, I've done a lot of, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, not necessarily reminiscing, but, like, self-analyzation and, like, introspection. Where I remember in high school specifically, you know, I would get up... 4.35 o'clock in the morning after I'd stayed up until midnight or 1 o'clock in the morning. And then I would go to school in the dark. I would work out for a couple hours and then start class and then be inside all day. And then I was an athlete, you know, so in the wintertime I'd, I'd get done with school and then go roll right into wrestling practice. And then... Be there just lost in it. Yep. And then, you know, I'd take a shower, get cleaned up, get my stuff put away, and go to walk outside, and it's like fucking eight degrees, and it's dark. So so my entire day was either darkness or artificial light, and it, it killed me in the wintertime. I mean, just this, the seasonal depression shit for a long time I thought was, like, just a made-up thing that, that society came up with to for self-diagnosing people well well to get to, to give people something to bitch about in the wintertime besides like snow you know what i mean correct and um you know you like i've talked about it on this show specifically in the past like dig into your family history folks because i mean if you've got a history if your family has a history of a vitamin D deficiency, and you suffer from seasonal depression. Um, one of the things that's helped me in the past is, you know, I don't I don't necessarily take it all year long because in the summertime I'm outside a lot, but in the wintertime I'll take a vitamin D supplement um, because my family suffers from 
a history of vitamin D deficiency, which I didn't know until uh, a couple years ago. But it, it's let me a, ask you an honest question. Go ahead. Do you think that Do you think that the vitamin D supplement helps? Absolutely. I okay, I, I okay. think so. I think so. Anyway, um, especially if you're a person that during the summertime is outside all the time, and then you know you brought up that 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 super. It, it, it's not abrupt, but that, that extremely stark contrast between, you know, you get up, it's it's pretty much daylight already as soon as you get up. You're outside all day, um, or you're, you're in a work environment wh- where you can at least acknowledge that the sun is out, you know, um, and then you get off work and it's still daylight and you have time to do stuff with your family. And in the fucking wintertime, it's just not like that. So it, it's, I think, it, you know, it might be a little bit of a placebo effect just because, you know, that's a legitimate thing. But I, I think it really helps me. So, and I think there's enough data to back it that that it, it's not going to fix it, but it, it can definitely help. So I recommend it for sure. I'm going to have to absolutely check that out, man. Like, uh, you know... It's inter- it's interesting to think too. Like, I look at seasonal depression, and it it couples with me because I've witnessed it in a different setting as well. And for those who listen to what's going to inevitably be this week's season finale, I think maybe not episode of the Voice of Survival. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to be talking about the whole gambling thing and. The seasonal depression can also be amplified in a different aspect depending on when you work. And I I know that you've worked thirds before, but like in the casino industry, you're working thirds. You're in a boat environment where you don't see if it's daylight or nighttime or anything. You have no idea because there's no windows. There's no clocks except for in the break rooms and shit. So when you're out on the floor, you get lost. You like literally don't even, you can't even, you couldn't fathom what time it actually is. Right. And it can just drive you mad. Like, man is not meant to be up at fucking ball sack hours of the night working. Well, no, especially, you know, I've had this argument a lot with people um, since I've become a working adult. You know, I went through a period of time where I could just not get up. I could not get out of bed in the morning. Um, I'm an extremely deep sleeper. And then you couple lack of sleep and then... The, the the human species evolved to wake up when the sun came up, like most mammals that aren't nocturnal do, and when the sun goes down, they go to sleep. So, on a biological level, you know, we have conditioned ourselves to function, getting up at the fucking crack-ass of dawn every day and being slaves... But it's not what your fucking body's supposed to do. No, it literally rewrites you. It fucks you up mentally, man. I've known, I know so many people, and I advocate, like, I advocate for, you know, if people want to go spend their money in a casino, whatever. But I don't necessarily advocate people working there because you're, if you have any inkling of depression, it will turn you into a different person. Well, especially like, too, you know, y- you reached out uh, to the network to to kind of workshop some ideas for for this episode that you're referencing and it's one that that I look re- I really look forward to listening to because 
I'm not a person who likes to gamble. It's like, one, if I did it regularly, I I would have a problem with it. But two, um, you know, free will aside, there there's no, like, I don't know. I I've seen so many people on a personal level have like delusions of grandeur when they when they win win a hand of cards or you know they they bet on the correct horse or or you know whatever throw throw any scenario out there and then that little bit of fucking that endorphin rush that they get from from beating the odds ruins their fucking life you know oh yeah <laughs> and you know you worked in the industry i haven't i i've tried to avoid uh spending any time in casinos if i can but you know, I I've never been in a casino where I look around, whether I'm at a card table, a roulette table, playing craps, it doesn't matter. Like looking around and seeing people that are just genuinely happy. You but, won't. Like they they might be living in the moment and they might be partying and having a killer time, but like I I, I don't know. It, it's hard. It's hard to articulate because. Like you can look at someone, and, and no matter how good of a facade or a, a mask they put on, you can tell just by body language and and, the, and just the way they act whether that person is genuinely happy or not. I feel like, you know, I might be a little bit naive with it or or looking into it too much, but like I've seen a lot of people, a lot of miserable fucking people in the casino, and I don't want I don't want that to be me. Well, it's it's really interesting that you have the foresight to see it that way because honestly, man, and th- some of this shit will probably not be talked about when I'm talking about the the more legalities and the the other side of it or whatever, mm-hmm. but uh you know, all in all, you look at it and fucking people get lost in it because it's a chasing mechanism. Oh yeah. And one victory in their mind creates invincibility. Mm-hmm. The weirdest thing is, it's like as if the universe genuinely says, now, motherfucker, I am going to tempt you and see how this plays out. And says, okay, I'll give you a win when you're brand new, you're rookie at this thing, and we'll right. see how you handle it. And I've seen people come in, man, and they're, and they're reserved. They don't know if gambling is right, wrong, and different. Walk up to the table, play a little bit of money. All of a sudden, they win. What the fuck is this? They 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 won a hundred dollars. Oh, holy shit! Right. So they start having fun. They're a little bit more relaxed. They let their guard down. Mm-hmm. They start drinking. Now their inhibitions are in. Oh yeah. And I you, you and you watch people, man. It's real. It's the realest thing. They build and build and build. They'll climb a mountain. And they will climb a mountain just to get to the fucking peak and jump clean off. They don't care. It's so stupid. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I have a lot of interesting stories that don't actually have to deal with gambling because the casino itself is like almost its own little underground city of fucked up in this. Like employee dining room where everyone's like fucking talking shit on each other or trying to fuck each other or whatever basic dynamic in the workplace you have and then you have like a security area where only like four dudes are in this little tiny box and they watch every move every human makes on the boat at all times right 
and they're like they're like zero error fucking team. Like they have to make sure everything's flawless. And then you have, you know, oh man, and then like this one time this lady shit on the floor. Like she just walked over by the ATMs and she just straight up shit on the floor. <laughs> like what is happening? That's that's fucking humanity, man. Though I mean, like it, it it's bad to say, but like you know, you brought up like the the work environment. If, as far as the in, the inner workings of the casino and like it's funny because any any environment where you're in an enclosed space with a uh variety of genders of people variety of people from different backgrounds like that shit always happens. It doesn't matter if it's the casino or a factory or you know plug any like um, a law firm. You know plug plug any uh, industry in there, and it's just people stabbing each other in the back, trying to fuck each other. You got people shitting on the floor. Like it happens. <laughs> it happens everywhere, man. And it, it like it's just it's a testament to how fucked up our species is. Because well, yeah, because it, we are not we are not meant to be like we are not meant to spend more time at work than we are at home, but we do and we always do. And until some major shit happens, we're going to continue to do that. And that's I don't know. That's like that's been one of the like social or socioeconomic fucking soapboxes that I've been on for the last couple of years. We need we need more time at home. Well, and I think, I don't know if it was Google or whoever it was and crucify me, whatever. I don't give a fuck. I'm not sure. I can't remember exactly. One of these companies did like a complete turnaround on how the work week worked and essentially said like, we want you barely here. Mm -hmm. We want you, not to say we don't want you to give your full 100%, but essentially we want you to spend most of your time at home doing little menial tasks that usually we would bring you into the office to do. Right. And in exchange for that, when you do come in, we'll see you actually be more productive and more willing to work because you've spent most of your time at home relaxing that when you get into your office environment, what do you want to do? You want to accomplish the goal you've already set out to achieve. Well, because a part of that is it gives you, like, for people that work, let's say just the average Joe that works a 40-hour job, they don't they don't work any overtime, they work eight hours a day, five days a week, and they go home. Like, their workload never changes. Their stress level never changes. And that goes on for years. The moment you change any of the parameters, the the productivity goes down, the stress level goes up, the person's desire to do their job as opposed to their desire to be at home not doing their job, I mean, it, it totally, I mean, this the script totally flips. Because, I mean, as a society, we spend so much work, or we, we spend so much time away from home and away from family and, and, and shit that's important in life. When we are at home, we don't want to fucking do anything. You know? No, we, we want to just, like, give in to the... The to the lazy monster, yeah. because we've we've expended, we've broke our backs all week. We've given it to the man and let them 
let them take us on a ride. And I think that really the archetype of American capitalism kind of fucks us because if you look at things, man, like I remember being a spry young dude, you know, I got my first gig when I was 14 years old and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I had to have my parents sign off on a permit. Only thing I cared about, I'm going to work. They're going to pay me. I'm going to get this bass guitar and I'm going to change my life. Mm Mm-hmm. And some of that is true and some of it's not. Like, I mean, as far as how things actually turned out, whether it changed my life or not, it's to be still determined, I guess. But, uh, you know, you go in with this expectation when you're younger of, like, if you break your back, they'll notice. The notice will put you on a pedestal. They'll give you things. They'll make you better. They'll pay you more. They'll treat you better because you're working hard for them. Absolutely. And that's not, and that's not how it works at all. Mm-mm. They see you and they're like, oh, how many weeks can I get him to work this hard before he realizes we're not going to pay him an additional dime and it'll break him? Exactly. Or let's see how many years we can get it to go on. How many decades can we get it to go on? Some people are a slave to that machine because, well, they get comfortable with it. They're like, sure, you're fucking me, but I, I, I guess if you're also putting a few dollars in my paycheck, that's that's good enough for me. In that, like, they get comfortable with with the end justifying the means and it's never it's never it's never even ever you know there's there's enough this is like you know obviously i have a kid now when ruby was born uh i didn't take a lot of time off of work but i did take some time and i'm glad i did you know that the 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 bonding time with with a newborn child as a parent is like you got to have it and there's enough there's enough research and data to back the fact that men and women in the beginning stages of a child's life need not not should they need that time off of work to lay the groundwork for a successful and healthy household you know, for the remainder of that kid's life, and then and then the cycle perpetuates, and you know that child eventually, if they choose to have a family, you know, circumstances what they may be, they have that kind of ingrained in their mind. And America is one of the most fucking ass backwards um, countries of all the developed nations, because you know there's there's a stigma that if you or a man, and you take off time for work, or you take time off of work for the birth of a child, then you know you're you're looking to be a, a house husband, and you're not you're not dedicated to your career, and you're a fucking bitch. Yeah, you're a bitch. You're call a, you fucking you're bitch. A, you're a pussy because you're gonna spend you're gonna spend some time with a woman and a baby. You know, it's like it's it's fucking it's dumb, man. Um. Well, and it- it's especially dumb when you think about how, like, you said it best. You're developing the groundwork for what is you and your child's actual relationship, and that's a very real thing. Exactly. And even, I mean, yeah, you could be a hardworking dad all day, but hardworking dads that never see their kids, there's a thing there. There's there's a lack of development there. Mm-hmm. There are challenges in those relationships, you know. Well, and it it, and it from ex- like not not personal experience because, you know, Ruby was uh basically an infant when I left Tate and Lyle, but um you know, I was watching my kid grow up on her on my cell phone. 
you know, and if if Ruby was a teenager, how many how many soccer games would I miss in a row if I like if it would have been that period in my life just to work, you know, a day of overtime or or go in and work a double shift basically um just for a little bit of extra money, you know? Like the resentment that I would have built like in my household because of that company you know, think like you, you think about how many people do that and it ruins their fucking life. It's no different than, than the casino. Exactly. It's, and See, it's just, it all comes full circle. There, there's, there's, there's so much research. Like there, there are so many independent companies in the United States that have restructured their work weeks and tried things to improve, and, you know, there's data that, that, that backs that some things don't necessarily work. Like, um, not every industry can do the 32-hour work week like parts of Europe are doing. Um, would a 32-hour work week be fantastic? Absolutely. I would love to only work a couple days a week. But when, depending on your industry, that's not, it's not realistic. It's not feasible. Um... You know, there, there's, uh, there's ways around that. Instead of having, like, instead of having two shifts of people, have four shifts of people. Well, and then people, the naysayers to even trying something like that would say, well, then we got to double our payroll and... We got double the amount of insurance we provide. We got to double the amount of insurance, and we got to hire more reliable people, and that's not feasible. Well, our uh, HR department's going to have to grow yeah. to make sure we can accommodate all these people now. But you're paying you're paying people less. Well, you're paying people the same wage, just less hours. So in reality, you would have to pay them a little bit more money for people to have a, a livable wage. But, but the return on your invest, the data is there. The return on your investment is incredible. So, Mr. Bezos paying your Amazon uh, warehouse workers sixteen bucks an hour to fucking kill themselves. You wonder why your turnover rate's so high. Like, if you're ever bored one day, look at. Compare major corporations' turnover rates as far as not necessarily like an entry level position, but not like the turnover rate of um, like managers. Look at the turnover rate of the working class individual as far as Amazon and like Google and fucking Apple, and then throw any other thing out there as a constant. And it's incredible. Absolutely, man. Um, yeah, it's just like you know, especially with you know, it, it it's getting politics are spot are, are just about to get real heavy and heated, and I've said it every chance that I can get. This, this is this is the most important election of of my lifetime up until this point. I mean, there's somebody out there that's going to listen to the show and say, well. You know, the, they're going to bring up Obama and, and, and they're going to do all that bullshit. And this this is one of the things that frustrates me the most as far as, you know, our current politics. People will say, well, 
you know, Obama promised us all this change and, you know, he didn't do anything but perpetuate and 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 dig us deeper into the hole of, of what our modern politics are. And they're, and, they're, and they're not wrong. But like like no. right now where we're at, we have no incentive to not fucking try something different. We can't let the big orange man win again. We cannot afford to do that. Is the person that's going to take his place necessarily better? I can't say. You know, I, I can only I can only speak on the research that I've done and and the education that I've provided myself because they they have an incentive not to educate you on this shit because they want to keep you subjugated. But we have no incentive not to try. If 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 healthcare for all doesn't work, we'll try something different. I'm, we have to try. You, you, I mean, you're right there with me. You agree. I think it comes down to this, man, and you, you nail the, the hammer on the head because it's like, listen, we are all like it's it's like this. OK, I'll, I'll use a different allegory altogether to, to break it down for someone really simplistically. You're a single dude. You aren't with any particular woman. You just kind of do your own thing. You want to date a woman. You are thinking about a woman you want to date. Now, if you don't ask her to go on the date, you can never know if it would actually work or not, ever. Yeah. But if you just take the chance, hey, maybe sparks fly. And you know what? And if not, you just move on, man. There's yeah. more dates to be had. So, you know, with the healthcare for all thing, with the war on drugs, I mean, there's... You know I'm a fountain of fucking conversation when it comes to the geopolitical climate and how everything's happening now and, um, you know, trying to just keep my finger on the pulse as we inch closer to this, you know, impeachment proceeding. We've got a lot of people who are going to be ill-informed, man. There's a lot of people who would rather be ignorant to the facts, and that's just a f- – and, th- and that is a fact. Mm-hmm. They would choose. They would rather die on the laurels of I'm ignorant of this, and that's kind of what I'm proud of than to be hey man here's what here's the real scoop and and like you know all that shit that your parents probably actually believed in of like our country one for all all for one making sure we take care of each other and shit like that like all that's going away because of this shit and you guys are too dumb to see it because you're putting other things in front of it you're saying oh no trump is actually doing this oh no Christianity doesn't mean that. It actually means this. Oh, no, white nationalism isn't a problem. It's it's actually just fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know, man. It's We are in a time now where, as you said, coming into this election, biggest one. It really is. And, and for multiple reasons. It's not just, hey, we're going to vote for a new president, man. It's right now the House of Representatives is heavily Democratic. The Senate is heavily Republican. Mm -hmm. It's kind of creating a rift in Congress and making things impossible to get done. You got people like Mitch McConnell who are just blatantly flat out using his powers as a way and a resource to refuse to do things. I'm not going to act because I don't have to act. And, you know, uh, this election, you know, if it goes right... And we do get a Democrat who is a president and we do happen to flip the Senate and the House stays where it is. 
Four years is not enough time, but the, the next four years, you're going to see genuine progress in our country or, like we've I, never seen before. At least an attempt at genuine progress. I would throw that Thank caveat you. in there because, you know, I, I'm a firm believer and I, and I have been as long as I've been interested or, or tried to be involved in politics. One presidential term is not enough to accomplish the things that they set out to say that they accomplished. You know, you really, I think Trump is, is for sure, uh, the example of the opposite of that. I mean, we don't need, we don't need another four years of Trump to say, okay, you know, he, he didn't really follow through on some of the stuff that he said. And and he's, he's kind of a failure as a president. There, there's a lot of stuff that Trump has done, and that I don't want to say is beneficial, but he he has he has done some things that aren't terrible. Um, but just just overall, it's it's a, it's a flaming dumpster fire full of cat shit, man. It's just it's it's got people it's got people bamboozled into thinking that because stock prices are high, that that the the political climate in our country is good. Quit quit looking at fucking stock prices, man. There are still men, women, and children starving on the streets in America, and and no one gives a fucking shit about it, and that's a problem. There are Correct. There are dozens and dozens and dozens of high-ranking politicians in our government fucking children, and, and, and realistically, as a whole, our country doesn't fucking care about it, and that's a problem. You know, we have we have turned our back on nations that that we we should never turn our back on. We have we have ruined we have ruined the image of America to the world, if that's even possible, because we didn't have a great image to begin with. And, I mean, really, yes, you're right. I mean, Very we, controversial if you look at it. Yeah, I mean, just just historically. You know, we we are you know we're not communists, so so we're not we're not big brother in the in the sense of uh, the hammer and the sickle are always looking over your shoulder. Um, you know, we're not we're not killing families because they have one or they have three children instead of two. I'm looking at you, China. Um, Ooh, called out. But it, it's like we have a very train of our existence folks woo she shows up strong we have we have a a very long and specific laundry list of shit that we need to fix in this nation and i don't i'm to the point now where i don't really care what politician is elected as far as the man sit, or the man or woman sitting in the oval office and what I mean by that is I don't care if they're Republican or Democrat. I really don't. I just want to see some improvements made on things that need to be improved. And I'll go through a couple of them again. Men, women, and children starving on the streets of America. It's not, it, and this, it's, the, it's the same song and dance that you always hear from people. And they don't necessarily have to be extremely conservative people. 
or elderly, you know, you always hear that thrown out there, but it's like, well, they need to get their fucking life together. They shouldn't have put themselves in that situation to begin with. Okay, you know, this isn't fucking 1940. Shit happens. It happens overnight. You know, not everybody's fucking born with a silver spoon in their mouth. Okay, let's move on from that. Our government, our politicians are fucking kids, man. That's not yeah, okay. It's, it's not. What do you think about this? Uh, we're gonna we're gonna pull a real podcastrophe here because we're gonna go down a rabbit hole. I didn't expect us to go down today. Uh, but I'm gonna ask you a question because it's 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 right where we're at. Did you see this thing about what happened on Fox News this morning? With the uh, with the Epstein. Yes. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, this is the thing that the internet will not let die. And good on you. You know, good on you, world, for keeping this story alive and trying to find some truth and some craziness. You know what I learned that was even fucking crazier? Do you know about the painting that Epstein had? Of uh, of Bill Clinton wearing a dress with high heels? Nope. Well, he's, There's another one. He's got that one, too. Don't forget about that one. <laughs> now, that one is important. It does have the Monica Lewinsky dress on Clinton. You're right. He's mm-hmm. slouching in that chair. He also has a very interesting picture of George W. Bush with two paper airplanes and two Jenga towers that have crumbled. Oh, shit. Sitting in the Oval Office. Mm. And... You know, I'm not going to lie, but people who were sick fucks who fucked little kids probably had sick fucking sense of humor, and maybe dude knew way more than he should have known, just saying. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, I could talk, like, until I literally had no more capacity to draw oxygen into my lungs about some of the 9-11 conspiracies, and... Rather than than bore everybody to death with that, what I will say is, you know, everyone everyone blew the the storm area fifty one thing up into, you know, it's a viral meme, it, you know, it's a it's a big joke, and you know, was it was it intelligent? No, we we as 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 a as a just fucking human being should not run Naruto run at a United States military base because they will shoot you. Um, not gonna turn out well. No, it's it, it's it's not it's not gonna turn out well, and you're not even really gonna be martyrs in the sense of 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 that. You know, our our fucking not necessarily our generation, but us as a people, we're so fucking lazy, and we almost refuse to act anymore, um, just because you know we want to see it on our phone, we want to hit the like button or share button, and then we want to go about our day to the next best thing. But uh, the point. As long-winded as I'm being here, the point that I'm trying to make is that we don't have a right to know all the secrets of our government. I, I think some secrets are best, you know, unknown for for the for the common citizen. Sure, sure, sure. Don't want to explode too many people's brains. Right, but if 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 there's like if George W. Bush knew or orchestrated the fucking Twin Towers thing. That would totally change. I mean, that 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 would like think about what that would like. Imagine waking up tomorrow morning, Nate. You turn on the TV or you pull up your phone, and the headline on every major news outlet 
in America, in the world, is George W. Bush orchestrated the 9-11 attack. It is confirmed. Here are the facts. The man is being indicted right now. Like, it would it would totally change our nation. Correct. It would make people question and, our nation. It would lead to mass revolt. And in something like that, if if that is like, we have a right to know that. If Bill Clinton and if Epstein, okay, which this is pretty much a fact at this point. It's not speculation. He had a pedophile island. We, as a fucking country, have a right to know that. And we have a right to seek justice for those who are wronged by that. Because that's the crazy thing, too, man, is that, like, the paper trail of suicide deaths that lead and or point back to Hillary and or Bill Clinton is startling. Oh, it's incredible. Like, you could do a dissertation for three hours in front of a class over just, okay, it's like people involved in the Benghazi thing who had, you know, information against Hillary. They go missing and and suicided themselves? How weird. Oh, now you've got this Epstein guy, and he's attached to a thousand possible names, people who span the globe, not just the U.S., global fucking leaders dude and then people involved with him are silenced he is silenced it's just well and at some point the coincidence stops being coincidental you know and it goes even farther than than politics too you know there's a lot of speculation um you know two of the most prominent um oh i had a stroke there for a second two of the most like influential modern musicians or or at least in my life between Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington fuck yeah they were involved in this too and they both just mysteriously commit suicide um you know Anthony Bourdain yeah Anthony Bourdain yeah that's another one i was getting ready to throw out so like this goes deeper than just us trying to nail the politicians to the wall it's like you know, Chris Cornell and, 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 and Bennington and Anthony Bourdain are not the common man, but they're, they still have the same, like, morals and ideals as just a regular person, but they have the money and the time and the power to say, now wait a minute, something's not fucking right here, you know, in a way that we're doing it right now, but their word is taken at... With a little bit more weight than ours, you know. Um, I mean, fuck, Hillary might kick down Good my thing. door. I don't want to end up at the end of a rope. Well, I was gonna say Hillary might kick down my door tonight and fucking I, I might be suicided. But you know, it's like we have a right to know this shit. I do not want to wake up murdered tomorrow. Yes, I don't. But it's like you know, I, I, my dad was in town recently, and you know, him and I always debate these things at length and. And my political ideals ebb and flow like they should. They should not be concrete and steadfast. You're, you're, you're. They, they should change and evolve and, and, and adapt. And, you know, finally I got tired of arguing with him. And, and I don't know if I've, I, I'm pretty sure I've had this conversation with you, but 
finally I got tired of arguing with him. I was like, look, man, we are tired of what your parents' fucking generation did to us. You know? It, for like, real. It, and, it's, and they always clap back with, well, quit feeling sorry for yourselves and fucking fix it. That's what we're trying to do. And... And they you, keep roadblocking us. Yes. You, the generation that <coughs> says, well, we didn't we didn't fucking do it to you. Like you are you are objectively standing in our way. Get the fuck out of the way and let us fix it. Objectively standing in the way. They call us the fucking, you know, generation of handouts and all this stuff. And who the fuck was given the awards? Exactly. Were we given the awards to ourselves? No. no. Their generation was. They were thinking everyone deserves to participate because I felt bullied when I was a kid. So how do we solve that problem, dirt to dirt? And here's the problem, man. Not everybody wins. That's not how you learn life. Not everybody is successful. Not everybody gets to have the fucking path they're meant to have. I'm gonna Or really uh, the way to look at that is everybody has the path they're meant to have. It's just sometimes it's shit. I'm gonna get real fucking cheesy and, and I hate doing it, but it, it it fits into almost any any conversation that you're having about life. And it's a quote that fucking my man, Sly Stallone, says in a Rocky movie. Hit me with it. Life will beat you to your knees and keep you there if you let it. Like, I get that. You got to pick yourself up by your bootstraps and fix some shit. But I, as the common American, cannot fix modern politics. So if every time we try and fix it, you stand in the way, it's not life keeping us on our knees. It's you, and that's a problem. It's like, when you look at that quote, I think about, like, you can let adversity take you down the path of darkness, Mm -hmm. or you can see the path of darkness from adversity and elevate yourself above it. And I think that a lot of people are, they're trained, man. You're trained in a disposition to where, you know, if your circumstance is not what you want it, the first thing you do is complain about it. Yep. The blame, first thing you do find is... Find someone to blame it on. You blame it on someone else. You look for reasons why it's not working. And, you know, sometimes... And, and that's just human nature, but it's like, to me, sometimes you look at it and go, well, yeah, maybe this is going wrong, but maybe this is also the universe. And the universe's way of saying, like, hey, man, you should probably divert. This isn't the path you're meant to be on. Right. Like just take the exit now, dude. This is the when this is when you should jump off the ride. Like or it's going to say, "Listen, if you really want it real bad, dig in. Don't stop. Push yourself. Go a thousand miles a second. Go work for Tour it. for 3 fucking years straight without stopping. Break yourselves on the road. Drive countless hours without <laughs> fucking sleep. You got to work for it. You got to put in the work. I mean, you got to put in the time, you got to put in the work. And our parents' generation, see, here's the fucked up thing about that, and and I won't won't go super long with it, but like, you said it perfectly. Who was the one 
who were the ones giving us those participation trophies? It was our parents. Why were they giving us the why were they doing that? Why were we raised the way that we were? Well, it's because they every every generation wants to provide their progeny with a better life than they had. They want to give them the things that they had they did not have instead of teaching them how to learn the th- or teaching them the things that they were not taught. So, like they'll point fingers at us and say that we're not willing to work for it, but as far as on a historical level, we work more hours for less pay, less benefits, in shittier housing, and we have a lower like projected like life outlet than any generation in history. Yes, we have technology. Yes, we have some things that that our parents and their parents didn't have. But fucking my mortgage is a thousand dollars a month for a house that should not be a thousand dollars a month, and I don't have shit credit. My rental house and my apartment before that were both a thousand dollars a month for a for a two bedroom apartment and a three bedroom house, and that's fucking ridiculous. It should well, not be that. Goes, well, and I think that if things would have been properly handled in our country say in the 70s, looking at Reaganomics and yes. how things with unions were affected. But, like, the thing is this, man, is that we are, we should, I guess is the better way to say this, be in a position where we all have money and are powerful and whatnot because of inflation. Mm-hmm. But the only thing that wasn't inflated during the times of inflation was minimum wage. It was a stalled number. They just said, oh, well... You know, like when I started working, it was five twenty-five an hour. I was fourteen, and like, holy shit, that's so much money. And I'm thinking now, like, there were people fucking super struggling that I didn't even realize when I worked there. Right. Well, and it's Man. you know that's one of the biggest, big one of the things that I've gotten in the biggest debates with. Well, minimum wage is is it's for teenagers and fucking elevate your life. You know, don't work a minimum wage job like. The minimum wage is there, and and people forget the minimum wage was in, instituted right around the same time that fucking Social Security was. So if you're looking forward to collecting a Social Security check, I don't want to hear fucking shit about minimum wage. The minimum wage is supposed to be the minimum livable wage, not the work three jobs and struggle wage. It's the minimum livable wage. House, vehicle, food, amenities. That's it. Seven twenty-five an hour is not enough. Well, and I think I saw I saw a meme, and I'm sure you probably saw it too. But it was like, how fucked up is it that they say that like, oh, X job shouldn't make that much in minimum wage. So what you're saying is, is that that job still needs to be done, but whoever d- does it deserves to be impoverished. Impo- yeah. yeah. Like they deserve to be in poverty because that's the job they're they they chose to do. Exactly. See, it's all the, it's all the it's all the blame game flipping back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. I'm gonna just say it again like a couple more times. You know? Well, and it goes back to what you and I said, um, you know, right around a half hour ago. I think that that they. And, and I, I don't like using the phrases we, they, 
because it it it, it does it, it fits in with the agenda that they have it divides you you know instead of it's all we we as a people it's we as these people and they as those people who are above us i don't like to use it but we don't want to be subjugated so uh, a good portion of us try and educate ourselves and do the best that we can they have an incentive to keep us subjugated. So they educate us less, and they get us comfortable working in poor working conditions, poor wages, you know, the list goes on and on. They get they get us comfortable doing that, and then it perpetuates the cycle because we can't educate ourselves if all we do is work. Bingo. So... It's fucked up. Nailed it. It's 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 morbid and it's fucking sad to talk about. Like, like I've had people come up to me and and they're like, "Man, you really like to talk about politics." No, I really don't because it's frustrating and it's sad and like, especially right now. I'm gonna say this again because there's people like not necessarily in my friend circle, but that I know that don't think that this is a priority right now. There are people in our government fucking children. I don't like to talk about that, man. It's a fucking bummer. Yeah, it's just, it, it's all, like, politics in general right now especially, it's just all downer. And, and we need we need to get it on the other end of the spectrum. I, I just, oh man... I feel like it's like, and I've said this before, maybe we said this during the Aliens episode of Boys Survival we did, but I feel like there needs to be some sort of like, not mass extinction event, that's a bad terminology, but a mass event that like sets everybody on the same level. Like, all of your religions mean nothing. All of your beliefs mean nothing. Here's the fact. Right. And this is an undeniable fact. And it's not the second coming of Jesus. It's maybe aliens. I don't know what the fuck it is. Well, I mean, you, but, would, you would think that, at least for right now, that that event would be climate change. But climate change right now is just a political agenda, and it's just dividing us that much more. You know, I like I've I've gotten in arguments with people where like the EPA is this evil organization. <coughs> Excuse me. The EPA protection is in its name. Is it is it is it a little bit too bureaucratic at times? Absolutely. D- did it get out of control? Absolutely. But that's not our fault. That's the government's fault. They're the ones that are supposed to be in control of it. Get that shit back under control. Because I want my kids and I want Ruby's fucking kids someday to breathe clean air and fucking have clean water. You know, like, that should be a priority. Well, and then, like, and and, and though, though that is a priority also, like, to look at it as another, in another spectrum, you could say not only have clean water and air, but, like, taking those same things and making energy from those things. Right. And making everything self-sustainable. Yeah, that I mean, that's that's another one. I mean, everyone everyone's afraid of nuclear. Nuclear right now, at least where we're at, nuclear is really the only option that we have. 
It's it's not it's not fucking Chernobyl level technology. It's it has improved exponentially since Fukushima happened. Fukushima is, is is an environmental problem, which is another one that we're ignoring and pretending that it doesn't exist. But it, what's Fukushima? It goes, you mean there is stuff in the ocean? It goes back to the what, the same thing that we we said with politics. We have no incentive to try. Like solar's great, okay? When in reality, it's really not. It's incredibly detrimental to the environment. The lifespan of, of a solar panel is about seven years. They're not renewable, and the the, the materials that, that they use to manufacture solar panels is incredibly hazardous to the environment. Are lithium-ion batteries great for your cell phones? Absolutely. It's incredibly detrimental to the environment. Like, all the shit that we're doing to try and be better technologically and more sustainably, like, it's great, but... Like, wind turbines are never meant to stop spinning. But we do, because we're not going to give away energy for free. And, that, I mean, the manufacturing of, of wind turbines, it's expensive. It has a, a, big, uh, a big part of the petroleum industry is involved in that, because parts have to be lubricated, shit has to be cooled, like... It, it's all intertwined, and it just so happens that the solar and the wind industry are subsidized by the the gas, oil, and coal industries. Like, okay, it's no wonder this shit hasn't taken off. Because um, they don't want it to. They don't want it to. They have an incentive, again, to, to subjugate the masses and, and not let it. Uh, <clears throat> so, you know, from, from, from my education standpoint, uh, I'm not a nuclear engineer. I'm not a... Uh, radiological scientist of of any of any uh, any sense of the word, um, but the research that I've done, the data that I've seen, it's really it's really our only option, um, because we could be putting wind turbines out in the middle of the ocean that never stop spinning and are always generating electricity. And we would have so much electricity, we wouldn't know what to do with it. But they're not going to give it away for free. So um, let's just keep let's just keep throwing the environment in the fucking trash, just because we we won't lower the cost of electricity, and when we have a surplus, give it away, because you can't store it. So rather than give it away, we just won't make it. See, I think that's foolhardy because, you know, and honestly, people are going to be like, oh, fucking socialist, whatever, but I don't, I don't fuck you, whatever. Haha, fuck you. Yeah. Like, I don't really care, you know, but it's like, if you took, okay, here's the deal. People are like, how do you turn the economy around? Okay, so here's a couple steps I would take. First of all, I would take anybody who right now is a multi billion dollar business, and I would say, here's the deal. You have an option. You can either pay X amount in taxes over the course of X amount of time. And that's going to recoup and go to structures, roads, and mm -hmm. all kinds of infrastructure and all those shit. Which, which I'll jump in here real quick, I'm sorry, but is sure. not, the majority of the infrastructure in the United States is failing. Correct. Like, it's, it's, it's a danger to society. It's failing that bad. Look at some of the data on... on um, 
bridges tested in the United States over the last decade. Look at the the percentage of those that are at the level of catastrophic failure right now. You drive over them every day, they're ready to fucking collapse because we won't do something about it. Proceed. Terrifying. Fucking terrifying, man. But like, you know, you say here's the deal. If if you're not going to take and pay X amount of taxes, then we're going to change your business model altogether. You already have this much money. From now on, you have to be nonprofit. Mm -hmm. So that's one step. Another step we're going to do is we're going to take and we're going to make sure every house is retrofitted with some sort of wind or solar, some form of renewable energy, something that can constantly just essentially fuel their own abode. Mm -hmm. Okay. Maybe once a year, every household pays like a X amount tax for maintenance for their turbine or their, their solar panels that you said are, you know, bad for the environment. Maybe they get better over time or something and can replace them with newer models or whatever. Right. Also across the United States of America, anywhere that the United States is, 100% 100% full coverage Wi-Fi always. If you want interconnectedness, that's the way to do it. Then you take and you say, look, now you've alleviated people having to pay for X utility, which used to be your phone bill. Now it's become your Wi-Fi bill. You have now alleviated people having to pay for their power because they're self-sustaining. So if the grid goes down, no big deal. Everyone's going to pretty much sustain themselves, wind, rain, or shine. Right. Cool. Power outages are not a big deal, not as nearly as bad as they've been in the past. I mean, couple weeks especially. I saw people in Tennessee went four and five days without power. I I can't even imagine that. That'd be awful. All your food goes bad. You can't watch your shit. You got to go to the fucking 7-Eleven, wherever in town actually does have power to charge your phone for a half a minute. Ugh. What did people do back in the 1800s? Fuck. Just live. They they fucked actually probably. Yeah, they fucked. They fucked and they lived. They didn't bathe very often. Um, so the fucking probably wasn't great. They did smell kind of like ass. Yeah, they were stinking. <laughs> it's like, bro. Like, but it, every, everything that you just said, I'm all I'm all about it. But it. it, it it let's rewind a little bit and then just say it again like we have no incentive not to try exactly like, like what's it going to hurt at this point we have how, we how ha- much worse can it be we have to do something instead of just crippling ourselves with talking about all the things that we could do and just never trying it you know it's it's me asking skylar out on a date for the first time you know, you got to fucking ask or else you got to try or else it'll never happen. Wayne Gretzky, man, one of the greatest quotes of all time. You know the quote? Yeah. Miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. That you don't take. You got you to gotta fucking take a shot sometime. We got to try. And not shot in the mouth. I mean, unless you're trying to get across country and sometimes you got to take a shot in the mouth. It's just, sometimes. It's the unwritten rule of the road. Throwing that out there, just uh, spur of the moment. Man, so what else is good, dude? Uh, I saw I, I knocked off one of my 
bucket list musicians last night. Oh, I'm going to play coy and ask quaintly, what was that? What did you see? Uh, Scott and I went and saw Tool, my man. I finally did it. G-Louse. I am G-Louse. It... Skylar asked me when we left. Um, we were on our. We were on the road on the way home. You've you you obviously you made that drive last night, so you know how miserable and boring of a drive sixty five from Indy like up to Lafayette is. It's just dark and boring, and the fucking the construction's awful. Three hundred and sixty five days a year. It's just you know. So we we were having some nice road conversation. And she asked me, she's like, well, how, I mean, how was it? You know, what, like, was it what you thought it was going to be? And, like, I I just, I was smiling, man. In in the last couple of years, I've got to see, like, I mean, almost a dozen bands, which, you know, the, the five years before that, I, I got to see, like, two concerts, because I worked so much. And three of those bands were on my bucket list. I had to see them. And Tool's my second favorite band of all time. And I I finally did it. So, yeah, I mean, they they played a fucking fantastic show. I've talked to a few people. Um, I saw, you know, Patrick's post. And you and I talked about that this morning. I saw that all go down. It was right by me. I didn't realize it's it was crazy. him. Yeah. Um, you know, I've seen some some people complain about the sound quality. Uh, I didn't think the sound was bad. Um, Maynard's vocals were a little bit quiet at times, but they were fucking. I mean, everybody else was on point, man. Everybody, everything sounded great. The set list was good, which, you know, I, I I expected them to play almost entirely uh, entirely the new stuff off Fear Inoculum, and they really didn't play. I mean, they did, but it, it wasn't like um, super... The set list wasn't dominated by Fear Inoculum, so... I, I, they didn't make it so hyper focused that you were like, God, I just wish they'd play fucking Stink Fist or Forty Six and Two or anything. Yeah, it it wasn't like we're doing this. I mean, obviously, any band that tours right after an album is is touring to try and make money. You know, I mean, because there's no other reason to tour. But like here, here was the here was the um, the set list from last night. They opened with Fear Inoculum, Enema. Uh, Parable, Parabola, Numa, Schism, Jombie, Vicarious, Descending, 46 and 2. They took a 10-minute uh, intermission. They played Chocolate Trip Trip, Invincible, and Stink Fist. Damn, and bro. they And they played, they actually played, wait, this isn't right. Because they played... Um, yeah, they played more Fear Inoculum songs in the after the intermission too. So, not totally correct, but um, I mean that it was great. Do they? Uh, I'm gonna ask a sarcastic question. Do they hand out like 
acid before the show or man i wish get, i really like i get wish you, like super <laughs> fucked up on weed <laughs> Skylar and i were talking about like because we got there early um we didn't want to fight a bunch of people trying to get to our seats and all that and um you know we're sitting there and i looked at her and i was like hey I've never seen a tool show live, but I've I've watched as much of it as I can on the internet. And I I looked at her and I said, "You've never been to a concert like this before." Um. So sorry if you don't love it. I mean, because you know, they're fucked up. I mean, let's just let's just say it plain. They're fucked up. Totally. Um. But like. The display behind them, you know, is playing a lot of their old music videos, and they have this cool, like, light curtain that came out, and it totally framed the stage, and it was a part of the light show where images were on that light curtain, so there was a lot of really cool shit, and, you know, Skylar was kind of tripped out by it, because she, I mean, she's never seen anything like that, so, it was good. No complaints. Fuck yeah, man. No complaints other than... Killing Joke opened for Tool, and I, I didn't even know that Tool had an opener. I thought it was just them, um, and they were awful. Yikes! That bad that you dropped awful and you posted. <laughs> yeah, I made Facebook a Facebook about post how bad about it. it was. It it was bad, man. I like Killing Joke. I don't I don't think is a band that's like super well known for most people. Even even like music fans, like it's a band from the UK that got popular in the late seventies, if you can really say they got popular. I they mean, got more known. Yeah, I I mean I I guess that's fair. They they just they were not good, man. <laughs> like at it's all. One of those, it's one of those situations and I think I get to enjoy bad opening acts all the time because we play so many shows that we're just bound and determined to be on cards with bands that aren't that good. And it's honestly a shocker that a ba- like of all the bands to open for Tool, Killing Joke is not even like top 1,000 bands I would have expected to put on that no. tour. And it just sets up for a weird night. I mean, I guess it works out nice because they go out and fucking make it awful. And you're like, oh, my God, I can't wait for Tool. So even if Tool sucks, which they don't, you're like, oh, that's so much better than what we were listening to. Yeah, I mean, it it was just not good at all. So I'm going to I'm going to ask, uh, of all the Tool songs, did they play your favorite? No, they did not. Boo Earns, what's your favorite? The Pot. Nice. That's and and I looked up the set list from the night before. They played in um Milwaukee the night before. So they're playing the same set list every show, essentially. Plus or minus a couple that like I just said they didn't list in the set list FM didn't list it anyway. Um but I that's some people get mad about that. I don't really care. I mean, play a show, have fun, whatever. But uh, 
we were waiting we were waiting and I looked at the intermission and there was nothing that really stood out that I had to I had to hear before I left, you know, to to kind of put the cherry on top of the experience. And I was like, well, I I want to wait just in case they play the pot because if I got home and and realized that I could have heard that live, I would have got really pissed off. So, you might have been bummed out more than pissed off, honestly. Yeah, that would have been I would have been a sad boy. But I will second time this year that you've been to a concert they didn't play your all-time fave. Yeah, you know, Slipknot didn't didn't play uh Wait and Bleed, which made me sad, but um I will say this that, you know, the performance was fantastic. Their stage setup was great. Uh, the light show was one of the best light shows that I've ever seen in concert. Um, but what really stood out to me, you know, Maynard's Maynard's vocals are always top notch. You know, whether he's whether he's fucking belting them out in the studio or whether he's jamming up on stage, like Maynard's got some talent when it comes to the pipes. But he's a choppy boy. But Danny Carey fucking killed it on drums last night, man. Like. The, the the drums sounded so good that sitting there, I was like, man, why did I never fucking learn to play drums? Because <laughs> this, this fucking guy is killing it. He, you know, he, it's it's kind of cheesy to say because I'm talking about him right now, but like everyone's got their favorite, f- their favorite drummer like in the industry. Carrie's always been mine. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, I, I can say the same thing over and over again. It was just incredible. Hell yeah, man. Well, I'm glad that you got to knock one of the, you know, bands off your bucket list that you wanted to see. I got to do that with Metallica this year, which Mm -hmm. was awesome. But Tool is a band that I have not yet had an opportunity to see. I would love to see them live. I think they are a very special experience. Uh, Just that they're an ultra-visually trippy band. Oh, yeah. Uh, just the impactfulness of their music, uh, man, it's, it's crazy. And it's, what's even more crazy is, is while you were in Indianapolis rocking out to Tool, I was in Indianapolis rocking the fucking socks off of a crowd. Mm -hmm. How was your show last uh, night? Man, I'm going to call this the show where Nate overcame all odds. Uh... I, and I mean that, man. Like, okay, so last week, and I don't know if we talked about it on air or off air, but Nate's 32. He shouldn't be going like he's a young buck anymore. And Ollie and the neighbor boy, Mason, who's 10, like to throw football with me. So we throw footballs after school some days. And I just have the natural, like, oh, I was a wide receiver, catch the fucking ball mentality. So, like, oh, ball over your head, jump. Put every ounce of fucking effort, put your 200-pound body into the air and hope to catch that goddamn ball. Catch that fucking course, ball, Nate. Yeah, and I caught it, but I didn't come down so good. And, you know, fuck my calf up. And I'm, like, limping all week. I can barely walk. And I'm like, this is great, lovely, awesome, you know. And I had talked about earlier how I got sick, uh, snotting all over the fucking place and having mucus problems in my fucking chest and... Was grateful that I decided to be Silent Bob for uh, for Halloween because mm-hmm. I didn't have to talk to the trick or treaters. Not that a single trick or treater 
knew who the fuck I was of all the four trick-or-treaters we had. They're probably like, who's this weird guy that keeps talking about how he's going to give us a lot of candy? <laughs> I'm just like, you're going to be one of the only ones we get, guys, so you're just going to get a ton here, man. And I just go like three handfuls, bam, 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 you know, like, you're getting your fill today, kid. You better enjoy fucking Tootsie Rolls <laughs> <laughs> and dots, you know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, so... So all these little things like that, and then like Friday, I cut my finger at V's job. I was trying to help her clean something, being nice, and I uh, sliced the shit out of it, and I was like, oh, that's awesome, bleeding all over the place. So I've got all these little things going on, and Thursday, they they message in a group, and they're like, hey, drummers, we're just letting you know we're going to backline the drums for this show this weekend, so don't bring your kits. And I was like, oh, okay. All you need to do is bring cymbals. And your snare. That's all they tell us to bring. Okay. And I'm like, I'll just, I'll just on backup mode, I will bring my own extra two cymbal stands just to be safe. So you didn't bring your whole kit to be safe? Not at all. I didn't bring any kit. It's the first time I've ever done it. Okay. No training wheels, nothing. We didn't even take the truck. We drove the car to the show. All right. Which we never do. But it was like riding in style. It was totally different, you know? And uh, we get there. Of course, they don't have a drum throne. They don't have a bass drum pedal. They don't have a hi-hat stand. So then, like, one of the dudes in Indianapolis who lives close by is like, well, fuck, I'm going to just go get all the stuff that we don't have right now because they didn't tell us that we needed to bring any of it. Right. So we had to kind of, like, hodgepodge, makeshift this fucking drum kit together so I'm drumming on a kit that's not even mine. It's not even close to set up how I typically drum. It's missing a tom. It only has two instead of three and shit. And we fucking kicked its ass, man. It was a great show. We played to a fuck ton of people. There was like a hundred and some odd people there. It was packed as shit. And awesome. People were rambunctious and wild. And I was, you know, just like kind of in a little bit of a fever dream. Because I was like, I can't believe I'm getting through this show. I, we're not going to die. And then... The girls, like, after the show, they're like, hey, man, we love you, but, like, you were cooking. And I was like, what? I wasn't going that fast. And then we listened to the fucking set list because they, like, live stream our show or whatever from Punk Rock Night. Okay, so when we put the set together, we had it built as a 35-minute set, and we timed it 35 minutes. Nice. We were done in 24. Wow. I was cooking, my friend. And then, like, I watched the video back, and I was like, holy shit, why are we going so fast? What the (laughs) fuck was I thinking? I was fucked up, bro. I was, like, in a post-Sudafed haze or some shit, man. Mm. You're all fucking jacked up on meth. Yeah, post-Sudafed haze. That's a great episode title, just saying. Mm. Well, I'm glad that you survived and had a good show. Sorry we couldn't. Uh, pop on over because you and I talked about depending on when the show got out we would we would cruise on over but it would have been nuts dude like not even lying it would have been great to see you guys but it would have been overwhelming for you because just having got out of a concert like that and then coming to a place where you're like wall-to-wall nuts to nuts with everybody and there's no room to yourself you would have just been like get me the fuck away from everyone man I just want to be <laughs> quiet for five minutes well i i was fucking tired when we left you know because i part of my apprenticeship 
is every winter we volunteer downtown and we put Christmas lights all over downtown Lafayette and you don't have a choice. You have to go do it. So I worked out, I, I worked outside in the cold and, uh, spreading Christmas cheer. Hmm. It's funny. Cause you said that you, uh, volunteered to hang up Christmas lights. And I saw without you even saying you air quote volunteer. Yeah. Because you're like, yeah, no, volunteer my ass. We had to, mandatory shit. Yep. Which, Last... like, I mean, I kind of get it. You guys are equipped to, to like, know how to handle yourselves, hanging lights and shit like that. Right. However, they need to, like, be like, listen, volunteer and we'll give you XYZ, we'll pay you, we'll give you one holiday a day, we'll give you four hours of holiday pay or whatever the shit it is, but not, hey... It's required that you spend your time doing this. Yep. So I mean, we get we get free food and free booze after it. So, I mean, I I guess that's the that's the this is what we're giving you to come help. You know. So we went to Brew Burger and I had a, a pretty pretty decent burger and drank more than my allotment of of adult beverages. So it was all right. Feeling footloose and fancy free. Yeah, I, I took a good nap when I got home. I'll I'll tell you that. Man, naps are the shit. Fuck yeah, they are. No, man, it was a uh, it was all in all a really good, successful weekend. Exhausted, I feel like success from surviving it. I think is the way to say that. That's good. Like, like, hey, man, you didn't play on your kit, and all this other shit happened, and you just like. Soldiered on. A little too fast, probably, but soldiering on no less. Hey, you did it. Fuck yeah, man. And, like, you got to see tools. like, awesome. Awesome energy. And and November 2nd will go down as a day of epicness. Yes. From the 19th of 2020. 19. 2019 is what I meant to say. From, there. Live from Baker's Life Fieldhouse in 1929. Tool. I would love to hear somebody take Tool and interpret it as ragtime music. Fuck yeah, a little roaring 20s. Yeah, and be like, this is how Tool would have sounded if they were in the fucking 20s. Just fucking the biggest, fattest bass you can find, just slapping the shit out of it. Bass slapping and thumping. Fuck yeah, gotta love it, man. <laughs> I think that's gonna do it for us, Nate. We went way longer than I thought we were going to. Well, does that surprise you with us? No. I mean, it, it, it's typical podcastrophy if we don't follow the rules. Yep. That's what we're supposed to do. But, if you don't have anything else, I'm gonna wrap this dude up. After I wrap it like you're about to hit it from the back. Okay, well I gotta I gotta go slow with precision. Anyway. <laughs> this is uh, a <laughs> and lube. <laughs> an extra lube. This, this has been episode one fourteen of Podcastrophy with extra lube. Uh thanks Nate for jumping in here and and uh helping this thing be 
lubricated and smooth. Ooh, we didn't forget the lube. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean it's we're tired. I mean, it's going to sound awkward now that I've, I'm going to say it after just saying that, but like, really, the credit goes to your wife that we're doing this episode together like this? Because she was like, yo, dog, mm-hmm. why don't you do it like this? Yeah. And I was like, oh, dude, that's smart. Uh, well, I mean, we were just like workshopping it, like, because I was going to do it like mid morning this morning while, or mid afternoon while her and Ruby were taking a nap, and then we were going to do JIC this evening and. So I was like, why don't why don't you just do them at the same time, basically, and have Nate guest? And I was like, that's a great fucking idea. I will do that. Shit, woman, we need to put you on staff. Yeah. Make you head of merch. Head of merch. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you all for listening. This has been a very lubricated and slap happy episode lots of up and up and down as far as emotions go but we did our due diligence hopefully you've done yours and listened to this whole episode you can check out all of the great shows on the journey into comics network listen to journey into comics this week and you'll hear nate and i like 10 minutes from now but you will have heard it before you heard this. You will. A little time travel. <clears throat> it's ass backwards. It's fucking me up. Oh, God. Lube. We need more lube. Is that code for <laughs> something else? <laughs> <laughs> but check us out on all the social medias, all the podcasting services. If you like this show, if you like any of the shows on the Journey into Comics Network, Please leave us a, a review on Apple Podcast or Apple Music now that it's no longer called iTunes. It's it it's hard to say because I don't really know which one it is. Because there's both of them, but like really only one of them matters, but they both matter. It's weird, man. It's kind of like Tool. It's just it's just fucking weird, but it's good. So leave us a review. We appreciate it. It's corn fusing, and I like it. You got anything else, Nate? Bro, I think that's all. Thank you so much for having me on as a guest to podcast for me. Thanks for, like I said, coming in and bringing the lube. I'm just gonna keep. I'm just gonna keep saying lube until we get done. Lots and lots <laughs> of post pseudo haze and lube. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, everybody, I'm gonna. I'm going to go eat a box of Sudafed and plow my wife, so I'll see you later. (laughs) Later, folks.